Well, somehow, someway, it always works out for the Brisbane Roar, doesn't it? Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James, Scott and Adam previewing an unexpected finals berth for the Raw. Guys, how are we? Good, James, Adam. Yeah, good. Uh, unexpected. Uh, we all we all tip that uh, Raw won't be featured in the top six, but here we are. It's a pleasant surprise yeah. as we record we on this Wednesday We did say last week we'd be delighted to be proven wrong, and yeah. we are. Yeah, and it's the first time we've been proven wrong with anything. <laughs> I don't know, our, my tips all year have been pretty dreadful, so... Yeah, but look, we're going to talk about uh, all things Brisbane football and some of the national storylines going forward here, and we might even have a special segment coming forward as well. You just have to wait and see. Let's start with a review of Saturday night, where the Raw did enough to get into the finals. It was a 3-2 win in Perth. I almost yeah. forgot that last goal. It was Enrique double either side of a... Christensen goal. Christensen goal. Thank you. I was just drawing a mental blank there. <laughs> it was a very late kickoff. Yes, it was a very late kickoff. We'll, we'll start with overall thoughts on the performance and lead off with Adam. Look, it was a... Um, it was one of the performances that, you know, you say, look, they did they did what they wanted to do. They did what they set out to do. Even with the, sort of the, the goal to start with, which was a bit of a calamity, you would have actually thought that maybe they might have you know, thrown the towel, but what the heartening thing is that they actually you know, stepped up and you know, the, the game changed, you know, perhaps unexpectedly because of Enrique coming um, with, on. With the way the game, I suppose, set up and then started off, you would have thought this is going to be oh, one of those nights that kind of sums up the way the season has gone for the Roar, at least up until late January, but they bounced back and actually showed what I thought was a pretty solid bit of resilience this was, there. This was the resilience you wanted to see the week before against the Wanderers, where things they just could not get things heading in the right direction against the Wanderers. Against Perth, they responded quickly. Yeah. And I thought they were all over Perth from then on, basically, in the game. I don't think Perth really were in any control of the game. Yeah. From their perspective, it's a dreadful way to end the season, but for the Roar, it's... Perfect. We'll get on to Perth a little bit later. I want to start off with the story about Corey Brown, who once again missed out on the match day squad. Now, in the commentary team, it was Adam Santarossa. No, it was um, Dom Ronaldo. Dom Ronaldo. Sorry, Adam. I'm yeah. Santarossa would have been an improvement. <laughs> we we obviously can see who his biggest fan is here exactly. this afternoon. <laughs> Corey Brown. He was listed as out with illness in a cha- uh, late change to the match day squad before they flew over to Perth. And was, someone else dropped out as well. Bowles dropped out as well. Yes, with a rolled squad, ankle. Yeah. And he was taken to hospital, according to the commentary team. But forgive the cynicism here, but I, that just comes with a huge asterisk for me, purely because he's been listed as out for how many weeks now with illness? Uh, look, the only, look, the only people that could probably answer that is the club, if they, even if they want to, because at the end of the day, you're right, you can meet that with cynicism. It seems like every week that, you know, Corey Brown, he's in that match day eight, he's in certainly the Thursday squad of 18, yeah. yet, even though he's the reigning Gary Wilkins medalist, he seems to be getting, you know, he's getting cut, and, you know, for, as, as we alluded to last week, for Ivan Franjic, who's not a specialist uh, left back, 
and Conor O'Toole, who's an up-and-coming left back. It's, it's so, a token inclusion, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's it what is. it seems to be anyway, because it just doesn't seem like yeah, he's going to play. I mean, it not, would... not sure where the truth lies, yeah. to be honest. And uh, yeah, no, I sort of don't, don't trust Don Ronaldo's yeah. sources either. Yeah, so, no. I, look, uh, it's one of those things that's like, it, it is where it is, but yeah. yeah those yeah. sources need testing. But I don't... It, does, it does invite yeah. the speculation, though, from all parties concerned, where you sort of look at it and think... Like, what is up? Like, it would be a massive turnaround from this point if Corey made another appearance for the Raw. I think we said that about moment. a month ago. Yeah, I, I, just, I think at this point, the under-16s left-back's probably more likely to play than Corey at the moment, unfortunately. And we do like Corey Brown. We do. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, it just seems like he's... Something's happened yeah, there. Yeah, there's just a reason why he's not being picked. And, and of course, we have seen the published rumours about yeah. him signing for Melbourne Victory and whatnot, mm. but... Look, we'll focus on the players that did yeah. take the field on Saturday night, and the first one was Brett Holman, who was on and off pretty quickly. He was off, what, 20 minutes in? If that, With yeah. With a knee injury, I think they're going... Just did scans, it seems like it's come up okay. Yep. But they got to wait and... See, I think they're going to wait and see on Thursday, isn't it? They're going to try and test him tomorrow, for Thursday, when you're listening to this. If he's able to, if able to train, he'll play. I think he'll be in the squad announced on Thursday anyway, just to keep... Melbourne City guessing, but and with the form that he's shown yeah. as of late, he's the guy you want that him in the side. yeah you definitely want him. You in. you would at the moment in Brett Holman's form, you know that way he's shown. You would actually, you know, you'd have him on the bench. You know, even even a fifty percent Brett Holman at the moment would yeah. be at least worth you know the gamble just in case yeah. he need it. However, his replacement on Saturday did turn out to pay off some dividends with Enrique. Yeah. But Remember they all the doubts when they said should they sign him or not sign him? But they did have to come yeah. back from one nil down actually, and. Jamie Young has made phenomenal strides in the last couple of years. The first few minutes on Saturday were not some of those. Uh, did yeah. not show. Some, I feel some like this game was the best and the worst of Jamie Young, wasn't it? With that, yeah, we'll with the, the... yeah, with that, we'll get to the better stuff later. But that was that was probably the biggest. That was one of his rare mistakes this year. He hasn't made too many. No, really. And, look, he has mostly eradicated yeah. that from his game, but. There was you could just hear the collective sigh around Brisbane when that happened, just going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, look, it was a bit of a misjudgment. I think um, I actually think Joe Jack King had come across to head that ball really through Jamie Young, yeah. but yeah, look, you, it's one of those ones. Look, it's a mistake. Yeah. It's a misjudgment. As a keeper, you know, you've just got to go straight through. Yeah, there. yeah so if you're you know, going to come out that far, you might you've got to go and yeah. make contact with the ball. And look, if you are going to take the silver linings from that, I feel like in 2015, that would have sent him into a spiral that yeah. lasted two to three weeks. Yeah. He has seemingly developed the amnesia to move yeah. past that. And yeah. Exactly right. Adam's point as well about Hingert's clearance as well as a valid one. Yeah. And you've got to give credit to Adam Taggart, who put on a very nice finish there. Because yes. from that range, it's not like you're... You know, working with the biggest target, you've still got to try and control it to get it in. I think, I think anything, even an open goal like that from you know, 30, 40 yards out, it's still, you still got to give credit to the goal scorer because that's, that's still, like I said, a lot of things can go wrong, yeah. you know, bounce of the ball, yeah. you know, so like that. So, look, you know, it's a mistake and it, was, it was, wasn't a great moment for Jamie Young, but look, you got, Adam Taggart still you know, had to put it away and he did. Yep. But that league wouldn't last all that long and it was the super sub Enrique Popping up with an equaliser. Just about to blast another poor set piece from the rule then too. Yeah, because it wasn't the greatest of free kicks, and if you remember, and it just dropped when Enrique did to the box. It was all totally planned. I'm sure, sure they've been working on that at training all week, <laughs> where the free kick bounced into the. So we're going to give them that one as well he, on the tally. Enrique <laughs> loves that shed end. Yeah, he in, does. At NIB, he loves it down there. Yep, it was a, and it was a well taken first time finish too. Both his goals actually mm, first yes. time finishes, but then the rule managed to jump into the lead. 
with a nice volley from Thomas Christensen after a, I would say, Harry Kuehl-esque level fake from Eric Bortiak. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But look, uh, just on, on that, that cross as well, it's, um, I guess in a way, look, Perth, I said their defence sort of really sort of messed up there because you could see that that's all they were trying to do for the previous, you know, couple of, you know, you know sort of incursions into the box. And that one finally worked out, you know, albeit with the help of um, Bortiak, you know, sort of, you know, doing that, that dummy, I guess you could call it. <laughs> But um, look, you can see that it was coming, and look, I think in the way you know the the, op- the opportunity presented itself, and it was a well-taken goal by um, Thomas Christensen. Definitely, that might have been the goal of the A League ever if it had gone in from Bochak too. That <laughs> if they actually made contact and that went in, that might have been. I think Alex Terry did something similar down the mm. other end of that stadium in Perth. Well, the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, so obviously we're going to get into season review in review stuff in the next few weeks, depending on how long the finals yeah. campaign goes, but. I was trying to, there haven't really been that many sort of, oh my God, what a goal moments. And if that one had have gone in, that would have... Yeah, most of the goals have been pretty simple, haven't they? Not that it's not a bad, si- not not simple. That, not that it's a bad thing, because any goal is a good goal, but you're right, there haven't been a lot of spectacular goals scored. Yeah. All right, and then at halftime, one thing that kind of jumped out to me, I just want to bring this up, the uh, Perth Glory fans doing the same old Brisbane always cheating chant. They've got very Please. short memories, don't they? I'm trying to think, who was the only club to be kicked out of the A-League finals again? You're putting way too much thought into this. This is the, the Perth 1990s NSL chance that's being recycled over and over again. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just wanted to get that shot. Yes. Maybe um, Far Post I'm Perth sure we can get plenty of other shots at Perth in later on too. Yeah. Yeah, well of course this game was in Perth. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> anyway, Enrique made it a third goal for the Raw and Look, we've criticised Massimo Macaroni, but I feel like this goal was made by his setup there, turning the defender and laying off that pass. Yeah, look, he had a, um, I'd say he had a better game than what he did. It was an absolute nightmare at Ains Stadium the week before. Um, there, look, this this was um, he's showing his goal and experience, you know, to the fore, and you know, it's and he laid off to Enrique, who, you know, again, it was a very very tidy finish. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's something we'd like to see a little bit more of him from, but. I mentioned this, uh, well, you'll probably hear it in a later segment, actually, but I was genuinely surprised that Macaroni has, has played in all 27 games for the Raw. Like, that's something that we didn't expect from him, thinking, oh, he might have to sit for a week here or there. He may not play on the trips to Perth, similar to what the Raw used to do with... Uh, well, not the Raw, the... The um, Lions used to do with... Alistair Lynch. Alistair Lynch, yeah. yeah. He also hasn't been substituted early a lot, either. The games where he's been subbed, it's always been the last 20 minutes or so. So he's, been, he's played a large, large percentage of minutes this year. That's right. Which, given the question marks over him when he signed, has certainly silenced a few people. It has. Now, I have a question for the both of you. What is going on between Jacob Pepper and Diego Castro? I wish I knew. Yes, There's something of, going on there, a isn't bit it? Of, um, it must be a bit of history there, because yeah. um, that can't be just a flashpoint moment. There, there's, there's, yeah. some, there's some... I'm sure bad it goes back to last season, doesn't it? Yeah. Didn't, wasn't Pepper playing one game and yeah. had a less than... Less than perfect was, challenge on Castro. I have a feeling it was that game last April, actually, where Perth won 3-0 or something to get into the finals. Possibly. And Pepper picked up a yellow. It was one of those just yeah. games you want to forget for the Raw. But, yeah. yeah, it was funny. And also... Castro certainly hasn't forgotten it, whatever no. it was anyway. No, well, the one thing that actually stood out to me, like the intensity of the game, you could tell what was going on because Castro was actually doing a little bit of defensive work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway... So it did set up a little bit of an Irvy finish when Jacob Pepper conceded an own goal with about 10 minutes to go. Yeah, give or take. Uh, yeah, that, that was... But yeah. you can give him a bit of a pass for that because it feels like if 
you know, Taggart looked like he was going to get the ball for all money, and it just sort of yeah. Pepper yeah. was standing there in the wrong spot. These things happen. Yeah, they do happen. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the Raw managed to hold out. So. We talked about the bad of Jamie Young, and we've got to talk about the good. Yes, well. I did want to close off on the highest yeah. possible note okay. and talk about Jamie Young saving yeah. a penalty, which turned out to be absolutely <laughs> freaking crucial. I've seen worse penalties this week overnight in a certain international game we'll get to later, but that wasn't a great penalty from Castro. But it was a good save from Jamie Young. Yeah. And that's always been his strength, his shot stopping from close range like that. I was always I had a bit of confidence he would get it get at least get something on it, whether he'd save not a different question, but he did really well there. Definitely. Look if I, I always think if Jamie Young picks the right way or mm. any he like I said, you'd back him over most keepers in this yep. league at the moment, maybe the exception of maybe Paul Izzo, which we'll get to yeah. later on. But um, yeah, look, you'd, you'd have confidence that you know yeah. if if they concede a penalty and provided that you know he was he was given a chance by the penalty taker, you'd actually back him yeah. to stop him. And given we're entering finals and the potential of penalties mm. in games, having Jamie Young there is it's like is great. Well, we do remember his efforts against Western Sydney yeah. last year <laughs> as well. All right. Uh, I did actually have earmarked here thoughts on the season in general, but that was when I wrote it. <laughs> that was when I wrote it Saturday at full time, fully expecting the Western Sydney Wanderers to take care of business on Sunday, but they didn't. No, they didn't. No, we'll we'll, uh, we'll delay our thoughts until <laughs> maybe after this week, but we'll see. That's right. We'll go through the other results from the weekend just quickly. Sydney one nil, good enough for the Premier's plate. That was highlight of that game was Alex Wilkinson, Alex Wilkinson's clearance off the line. Yes, that's a nifty bit of work there. Sorry, I was otherwise occupied. I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> this weekend's opponents, Melbourne City, uh, went down over in New Zealand, but I feel like that was more of a, let's just get through 90 minutes here in one piece. I think once Victory had lost, they knew they were going to finish third. There was nothing to gain for them. Just kind of yeah. no well, injuries, just getting in and out of mind here. You, mind you, a cracking goal for, from uh, Bruno Fornaroli, or was it Dario I did. I did like the way the yeah, New Zealand commentators <laughs> pronounced Bruno Fornaroli as Dario Vinicic. Yeah. yeah, but also also as well, um, Sapreet Singh as well, he had a hand in that as well. So, you know, Nick's, they, they might have some, like, there's some of the young guys, I think, maybe. And some of those young guys might be available yeah. at the end of next season. Mm, nudge, nudge, don't quick. be harsh like that. They've got something to build on, shall we say, Wellington going into next season. Yeah, but they Some need the talents. Well, they do have more to build on than the Central Coast Mariners, <laughs> who were absolutely <laughs> blasted by Newcastle. Yes. We're all concerned about Newcastle downing tools and saying, all right, we've had a good season and whatnot. Yeah. Well and truly gone. Yeah. Cattle prodded action. But... Yeah, they have. That, was, that was brutal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just wonder. Good luck, did... Mike Mulvey. You might I need wonder... it. And I wonder if uh, Dean Petras can be charged for assault on the um, corner flag. <laughs> he's, he's, really, he's getting worse with that violence on the corner flag, isn't he? He started that with the raw, he's kicking it. Now he's <laughs> that was a kicky. That, was, long that he, was punting from 50 yards. Yeah, exactly. Huh? As long as he doesn't go Eric Cantona and start taking out that sort of violence on fans, we'll be fine. Well, oh, I don't know. He that, keeps that, kicking that... the corner flag that hard. It might damage a fan. <laughs> and then the final game of the round, of course, was Western Sydney Wanderers versus Adelaide. I Do you want to read the notes you wrote down for that? This could be good. No, because I can't put this show to air if I... <laughs> but Keanu Backers, how is he feeling today? I don't know. I didn't see it. He yeah. got the red card. I've heard all about it. I was travelling home from Commonwealth Games, James. I haven't seen it. It was an yeah. absolutely stupid, stupid lash out yeah. that without the VAR wouldn't have been caught. Hey, look, we've said this time and time again. No, if... If the on-field officials are going to miss stuff like that, it shouldn't come down to the VAR, but 
Look at the end of the day, very, very silly boy. And um, he, he, he basically, yeah. I reckon, you know, he actually did basically cost his side yeah. a spot in the finals well, because that's, that's when momentum shifted. That's what I was about to say. All season, John, I was saying it, it's not turning and not balancing out. Well, maybe it just did. Yeah. Maybe it just did then. In the in last non- couple of months. In a non-Raw game, it, maybe it did balance out for the Raw. Yeah. And we'll we'll take all it criticism anyway. of VAR, that one they got absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of thing you don't want to see you know, le- letting go unpunished because, yeah, sure, the match review panel might pick it up later, but don't you want... If you're Adelaide... There's still no you, punishment in the game. Though, no, right? no, mind yeah. you, that was, that was a second VAR intervention because they, they awarded that... Uh, the VAR awarded that penalty, which uh, which the referee let go. So, yeah, which which then which was ultimately saved by um, Paul Izzo, which is why probably it didn't get the airplay it deserved. But look, again, the VAR, you know... On-field official says no, no. it gets uh, reviewed, and it was given. So, look, again, it's a case of, look, VAR, is that what it's there for? That one probably, yes, that's it, it is. But, again, the length of time was a little bit undesirable. Well, how long did it take? Uh, Too couple, long. A couple oh, of minutes. Okay. Yeah, obviously, we're still seeing some teething problems. I would. I think a year run. in, it's not teething problems anymore. Oh, but yeah. mind you, you hear what happened in the Bundesliga overnight, then, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> I, I think our problems are the least of our worries. That's true. All right, so that's it for the A-League regular season. We've got a final series to yes, look forward eight to. Eight straight finals eight. campaign. Eight, so well done to the Raw for that. Obviously, it wasn't looking likely a few months ago in January, but no, the, the fact that they've made it is something that we can be very happy with. Clearly, they made a turning point after that Champions League loss, the line in the sand, and since then, the form has been pretty good. And look, for all the concerns and whatnot about the style and whatnot, they're getting results. It's not something It's not something that you want to see happening going forward, like looking forward to next season and whatnot, but they're playing the cards that they've been dealt. It suits this group perfectly. Yes. It's the best you can do with this group at the moment. Yeah, so. exactly. So, look... Whether I'm not saying they're going to win it from sixth place, but if they do, that trophy's going to look the same as when they <laughs> yeah. did the double. Exactly. But Can you imagine the um, angst in certain places if they come from sixth to win the finals? You mean a city about a thousand kilometres to the south? Yeah, somewhere down there. Oh, uh, but, but a also, couple of media organisations in that city. But, but also, as well, on top of that, you know, you would hope that I know that there were pre-game there were there were Brisbane Raw. I'll say quote fans they were hoping they wouldn't make the finals and all that well and they're the not. narcissists who were more yeah. focused on themselves being right rather than look, actually I, look, getting and, 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 and whatever their motivation was look at the end of the day we're in, they're in the finals you're not going to forfeit a final you know what you get everyone get behind the raw and you know and if, if, if it, you know, I think the changes are going to happen now anyway whether they yeah. whether they win the finals or can lose on Friday these changes that people want and look we'll get into this a little bit more you know, in yeah. future weeks. But yeah. bottom line, it took something, like it took a bit of backbone to yeah. bounce back from being in a ridiculous yeah. crisis on, was it January 25th yeah. or whatever it was, to get to yeah. this spot. People wanted to see to your, your word backbone. Yeah. And they showed it. And they got into the finals from where Look, people I'll, thought they and couldn't. The funny thing is that, you know, I always said the exact same thing had Western Sydney won and made the six, that you now the Raw got that close. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just think I just think everything from here on in is a bonus. Yeah. Now, the, look, we obviously still have our thoughts on the mm, final series. Yep. I still feel like sixty percent of teams making it yeah, is far nah. too many. I'd rather thirty to forty yeah. percent. That's the ideal amount. Yep. But look, you play the system that the rules you, are the rules. In yep, and make and the most of it. And you're not yeah. and you're not going to say no. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, that's going to be it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this to talk some MPL. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It is James Scott and Adam with you tonight. We're in our outdoor studio again, just enjoying the uh, lovely sunset on a Wednesday. Yes. Yes. The lights of Brisbane, it's great. Always always love the view. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we're recording at my place. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into segment two. We're going to talk about the NPL and start off with the feature game we made a bit of an impromptu trip to on Saturday night. Yeah, it's uh, good to be at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. Uh, Spencer Park. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just have the discussion off here about names. Yeah, not, we will. Not, that's so. right. <laughs> We're at Brisbane City's home ground at Newmark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was actually a very enjoyable night. Yeah. Oh, An thought, event-filled night, but yeah. a good night. Oh, look, it's uh, the league leaders in action, you know, and um, look, City, you expect uh, expect them to sort of, they're, they're in the, the top half of the sort of the teams going around the NPL at the moment, but um, yeah, it sort of it didn't pan out that Olympic way. Olympic just looked a level above, didn't they? Yep. Just everything they did, they were just a step faster, a step ahead of Brisbane City. We'll just run through the game very quickly. Now, there was an early goal that was disallowed for offside, but Scott and I were busy collecting pizzas, so Adam, tell us what happened. I, it was offside. I was actually, funnily enough, I was actually um, panicking because so, um, our host of the night decided he wanted to go take some photos and he left me in charge of the scoreboard there. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, please don't be a goal in the first 15 minutes. So yeah, thanks that, Simon. But yeah, but thanks, thankfully it was given offside. So. It's all right. It was from frantic moments in the media box. Right. Oh, God, Simon's not the best with the scoreboard. I wanted to get to 400 to 2 or something at the start of the second half. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Close to that. Yeah. It was a very good night, and uh, yeah, we thank Brisbane City for yeah. the hospitality. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And for the pizza, that was mm. awesome. I, my first taste of pizza there, and I'll be back for more, I think. Okay. And it was met with appeal by, with approval by its harshest critic. Who's gone? Who's, yeah, currently lying on the floor in the kitchen at the moment, <laughs> so we'll just leave her there. And of course, it was a... Um, Local ground special with the lights going off <laughs> yes. after about 12 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yes. yes, it wouldn't be an MPL game without it at the moment, would it? I, it's something those going north on side, those, yeah, those north side venues over there. Hey, hey, hey. It never happens on the south side. Actually, it does happen yeah, on the lines yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> it happens on the lines as well. I was just thinking with um, yeah, the lights going out, because I've been watching a lot of the hockey playoffs, I was actually half expecting for the lights to come back on and just have every player squared off with an opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Even the two goalies, you know, with their gloves and whatnot. But... Yeah, it was it was kind of funny. But and a most... heated rivalry for that to happen. Yeah, that's true. That maybe that would have worked with uh, City Strikers or something. Possibly. But Peter Oven was okay. That's the yes, important thing. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, Olympic opened the scoring with Nazari. Uh, the ball had been on a couple of times there with a long diagonal into one of the corners. Yeah, they just didn't have weren't timing the runs slightly. Just City's defense was able to just get him offside each time, but yeah, it was on. And Olympics wingers were quite dominant throughout the whole night as well. Like, that, Jez Lofthouse was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, left down the right wing, then a composed finish there. The second goal came from Sanders. Yeah, it Kieran was Sanders, there, but yeah. it was Jeff Lofthouse that actually did set that up. And yep. it was there, like, Kieran Sanders there just to pretty much tap it in. So, but again, what we say about uh, Jez Lofthouse, he's probably one of the best going around the NPL at the moment. I think he'll have his eye on... Um, a certain so, yes. commitment in early July, maybe. What is it with the left wingers in the NPL? There's a couple of really good ones mm. at the moment. Well, you know, yeah. there are some good players going yes, around the competition. 
And then there were a couple of second half goals. Uh, White from Olympic stinging strike. Yeah. Where very good goal. Like the keeper got his hands to it, but I think he just hit it that hard. Yeah. Hmm. And then City's consolation was pretty damn spectacular as well. Bird, 25 yards into the top corner. I think it was a little bit of a screw it, I'm just having a crack. But not, not a bad way for Nathan Bird to mark his 100th game for the club Oh, as was well. it really? That's... Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember someone mentioning that. Yeah, so that was a pretty decent consolation. Yeah. So goal of the round, if not uh, the result they were hoping for. Some of the other NPL results. Lions 3-2 over Gold Coast United FC. Uh, Western Pride 4-2 over Cairns. The Raw Youth got up 1-0 over Mackay in with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC. Goal from Ramadak Bari. Ramadak Bari, yeah. A lot lot, lot of calls on social media that he better better be getting a senior contract. (laughs) Yeah, and look, you'd you'd think that, you know what, he's he's in the mix somewhere. So I think those those supporters don't need to fear too much. That's right. Uh, Redlands 3-1 over North Queensland United. A 1-1 draw between Southwest... Queensland and Moreton Bay, and Strikers 7-1 over Redacted. Yep. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And apparently they're back. There could be a few more than I think seven actually flattered them. Ah, lovely. I believe when, on the highlights, Strikers hit the crossbar twice in the post once. So it's like playing a FIFA game on uh, rookie difficulty. Yeah. Uh, so Olympica is still unbeaten at the top of the table. Ten goals allowed yep. from ten games. That's pretty good. Yes. Pride are right on their tails. Actually. At one point of Western Pride, Dylan with the Halls now has 20 goals for the season. And if you, even if you take his goals out, they're still third or fourth on goals scored as a team. So they're, they a, super, are they're, fourth. they're a super attacking team. Take 20 goals out, yeah. that puts them yeah. on 25. Yeah. So Lions, Strikers, and Olympic are the only teams that would have more. Well, than they're yeah. 40, 45 goals for, from nine games. But that tells us. Yeah. Something. So. Our advice would be get out and see a Western <laughs> Pride game in the next couple of months, yeah. if possible, because they're, they're scoring for fun. What they are it? the entertainers yeah. of the yeah. competition. Five goals per game on average. They're doing something right. At the other end of the table, you've got Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC yep. and Sunshine Coast, both on the bottom. Sorry, of... who was that? Sackdad. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put that there. You know I'm wrong. Oh, I can't change the, the table graphics. <laughs> Sorry. Uh yeah, well, those two sides sitting on three points, yeah. although Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC have two games in hand. Yes. Look, and we've seen in the past, even even um, based on their game at Logan on Saturday night, look, I think um, they're better Magpies than Crusaders yeah. are better than what they're showing there. They're highly competitive as yeah. a team. They're not they're not being outclassed every week. Look, you look no, at, I think the, they'd be look very... at the, goal, the scores in the games, they're close. Yeah, they'd be very unlucky if they yeah. you know, if they were the ones to be relegated with, with Sunshine Paul. Sorry, we've redacted. <laughs> with those guys. No, yeah. get this joke here. But look, uh, just a quick on the other end table, I think that the top four is probably what we're starting to shake out as probably the top yeah. four. Mm. And it's there, just the order of who's going to finish where. And there are a couple of teams still in close pursuit. You've got the Raw, Youth, and Morton Bay sitting in fifth and sixth, mm. both. And then there's a fair gap after that. Yeah. Although, then again, as we keep going back to from last year, a sh- bit of shrewd mid-season recruiting, and you could see one of those yeah. sides making yeah. a late run. So I think uh, one, one to watch sort of that bottom half might be Gold Coast. I think... Um, they again. They seem to be their results are probably not translating to how they're playing at the moment, and I think they might be one. Um, but then again, they they've got a huge um, FA Cup tie coming up in the near future yes. against uh, Gold Coast Knights, which that base, that basically will be a 
They'll uh, basically, yeah, that could be a ticket to round three too for either one of those teams. Over or under two and a half red cards in that game. <laughs> I mean, there'll be a bit of fire in that it's one. It's not Palm Beach. All right. Uh, FQPL. I had to double check the uh, typo yeah. there. So we'll go through some oh, of the yes. results quickly. Uh, Souths United 1-0 over Sunshine Coast Wanderers. That was uh, Sunshine Coast's first loss of the season. Uh, Rochelle 4-0 over Southside Eagles. Mitchelton 5-1 over Ipswich. And Easts, Eastern Suburbs FC 8-0 over Wide Bay Buccaneers. They enjoyed their trip to... Uh, I'm not sure where yes. they where they played that game. I know it was, was it? It's in Bundaberg. Oh, it was in Bundaberg. It was, uh, yeah. Peninsula, 10 wins out of 10. They're flying. Yep. And I think you can almost pencil them in yeah. for the 2019 NPL season. And there was a couple of comments on our Facebook page about uh, whether you know Pen Power and the right uh, in the right sort of league. Look, we 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 said we said at the time when we heard about that they're probably the one unlucky team to miss out. Yeah. I think obviously you've got to fill that regional bill. Yeah. Regional they were radio, they were yeah. they were the obvious next to it, and then probably then Rochdale. So yeah. look, we always thought that they would be highly competitive this season. They're actually going a bit better than highly competitive. They're going to the battle for second three. though is fascinating when you look at the table. Yeah, well, we do actually want to quickly touch on the two. Kind of crazy results that happened on Saturday night, oh, which we yes. were tracking from oh, yeah. the media box <laughs> at uh, Corporate Travel Management Stadium. There was Pen Power 4 3 over Capalabar and Wolves 5 4 over Holland Park yes. Hawks. Yes, Peninsula almost threw it away. Ooh, yes. Almost. Almost. And Holland Park did throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a couple well, of. Well, they equalised. They were leading 2 0 at half time, I think, and they equalised 4 all in the 89th minute from the penalty spot. Then, as you do, you can see it in the 92nd minute. So. Why not? Uh, uh, so yeah, it, but it's a much much improved performance from Holland Park considering their run of results recently. Yeah. So that's right. All right, so we're going to move on to NPLW. Go through that now. Got hang on, just got to get my scrolling right. South United continuing their impressive start. I think it's beyond an impressive start now. Yeah, they're just they are very very strong. They continuing a, to set the standard. They picked up a couple of players from the raw W League squad and. They're a very strong team. Three 0 over Gold Coast United. Mm-hmm. Lions FC three one over the Raw NTC squad. Four uh, two for Gap over Eastern Suburbs. Four three Southwest Queensland Thunder over Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Two one Capalabar FC over Logan Lightning. Mitchelton six two over Western Pride and Morton Bay fourteen two over Mudrabar. Got a nice uh, Sunday afternoon stroll in the park for yeah. Morton Bay. <laughs> oh, park that was yeah they look what a. Uh, so Morton Bay, it's an interesting side. They've got a couple of um, Americans in that team. They're, they're obviously they're they're building um, to something. But I think the top few teams there, like yeah. being South Lions, um, the Gap, they're the they're the three big big teams. In Mudrubal's defence, maybe they found it tough to get down up to Brisbane, given the Gold, Gold Coast Comlock games on. <laughs> it's quite a long drive. And there are certain events on down that part of the world, Fair which enough. might have made the trip difficult for them. I'm just trying to give them some. 67 <laughs> goals allowed in nine games. For who? For Madriba. Eek. Oof. With a minus 54 goal difference. Jeez, that got more, considered more than redacted. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to drink that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, round to be fair, le- Madriba have been more competitive in a lot of their other games, though. <laughs> yeah. It's just been a couple of one-sided ones from along the way. Round 11 NPL fixtures. Saturday, you've got Southwest Queensland versus Redacted. Lions against Cairns FC. Pride versus Raw Youth. Mackay and Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC against Redlands. Morton Bay versus Gold Coast. Sunday, you've got North Queensland versus Brisbane City. And a very, very intriguing game, which I believe one or both of you might be making your way out to. Mate. Olympic versus Brisbane yeah. Strikers. Yes, I might make my way 
to Gronga. Good one, Park, for that one. It'll yeah. be very interesting, that one, so, because Olympic have set the standard and strikers, after a slow start, have picked up the pace. Mm. So th- that could be very, very interesting. And also the game on Saturday night could be interesting as well between Pride and Raw Youth. That could be quite high scoring. I'm looking forward to that uh, Olympic versus Brisbane Strikers yes. game because I'll be running past yes. uh, Goodwin Park oh, while it's on. I'm so if you want to go and watch the football, then heckle James at halftime. That's not a bad idea. And, and I'll make sure I'm very easy to spot as well. I'll be the one with the red face and wheezing. And He'll for, also be the one right at the back of the field. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for the trifecta, and also grab yourself some sublucky. Oh, yes, of course. Well, I'll expect you guys to be waiting around about the 5k mark of the Twilight Run with this of Larky for me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, come on, it's a halfway point. Well, you can come back and get it then. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just have to remember to learn from last year and don't have two lunches before running 10k's. <laughs> Whoops. All right, now, uh, we'll hold off on the Matilda's Asian Cup discussion, yep. take a little break, and then come back after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam with you for the Daily Football Show Fan Network on this very pleasant Wednesday evening as we're sitting on my balcony recording this show, preparing for another Brisbane Royal Finals appearance. We really should have thought of this before a couple of weeks ago, shouldn't we? Well, we did, but keep in mind, over summer, we would have been looking straight into the sun and cooking out here. (laughs) That's true. Anyway, let's get on to the Matildas, who are off to the World Cup. They are off to the World Cup, and they've been um, scaring people lately, shall we say, with the results, leaving things to the last minute. Typical Australian football. I got got one one question, because you you watched the game, Scott, because James and I were sanely (laughs) decided to... Yeah, good night's sleep. Now, the Matil- were the Matils that bad, or were Thailand playing possum? We'll, we'll talk about... We'll get on to the Thailand oh, semi-final. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right, because there's another game between yeah. them. Yeah, there I'll was. talk about the Japan game very, very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, sorry. It was a pretty even game. I think when Japan scored, if they'd held on, you couldn't really begrudge them for a win, because they worked very hard. But the Matils did push and push, and they created a lot of opportunities they couldn't take them until the very last minute, when, of course, it was Sam Kerr who... Save the, the equaliser, yeah, as usual. And, a, and, and Teo it, with a very nice call of that, too. Yes, it was. And then it turned into, you know the old Simpsons scene? Fullback, passes to centre. Yeah. Centre holds it, holds it, holds That's it! That's literally what it turned into about five minutes there towards the end of the game, which was quite entertaining. I have actually seen it before, though. People were saying it's unique, never has been seen no, before. Well, well they are clearly people that have never watched football yeah. in their lives. I swear this happened between Man United and Blackburn in 2011. United needed a draw to win the league, and Blackburn still needed something to avoid relegation, and lo and behold, they came up with a, a one-all draw. I'm, and I'm the last 15 them. minutes of that game was both sides basically doing that, and then feigning to put an attack in, but really just turning the ball over to let the other side... Oh, I'm, I'm sure I've up. seen it in a World Cup. No. You know, I mean, a FIFA 1982, World Cup. I remember it. There was yeah, no, it was, it was a recent one. It was, um, yeah, I, I, Mexico oh. were involved, I think. That's right. Was it uh, that essentially just like the nil-nil draw where both teams were happy to go through? And... Yeah. 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 So... The moral of the story yeah. is Australia will be joined at the World Cup by Japan, China, Thailand and South Korea who beat the Philippines in the fifth place yeah, playoffs. So. That's right. And if there were any complaints about you know, the fact that Australia and Japan were able to do that, take care of their own business. Yeah. Yep. So South Korea played for a draw against Australia and it came back to bite them. Mm. Exactly. So it's really, they really only have themselves to blame. Now I can answer Adam's question yes. about was Australia that bad or were Thailand that good? The answer is it was a mixture of the two because Australia defensively we're all over the place in this game. They made a number of changes to rest players for the final. 
people talk about Sam Kerr and Emily Van, Emily Van Egmond who came on both of them later on, but Claire Bockingham was also rested, so was Lydia Williams. It was They rested a number of players in this game, and it nearly came back to bite them because until the last minute, Australia didn't, didn't really have too many chances because the goal they scored early was a good cross from Emily Gilnick, but it was an own goal. So, and then Thailand opened them up a lot. They could have scored four or five goals in this game if they had better finishing. And it was Alana Kennedy who saved Australia in the 91st minute from a corner. So they've 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 ridden their luck to get to where they are, but they are in the finals thanks to a penalty shootout where raw goalkeeper Mackenzie made three fantastic saves, redeeming herself. From... So a raw goalkeeper coming up big in a penalty yes. shootout. That Sounds before. about right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, she made a bit of a mistake for the second goal with her clearance. Wasn't the best, but three excellent saves in the shootout. In fact, some of the penalties taken were not the best, but because there were five, four saved and one over the bar from Australia, so it was it wasn't the greatest display of penalties you've ever seen. But some excellent goalkeeping, and again, it was Sam Kerr to score the winning goal, three-one in we the go. shootout for Australia, and they all played Japan again in the, in final. the final Saturday morning, I think three o'clock. Yeah, at the very family-friendly time of 3 a.m. Yes. <laughs> I did so actually, if you're still awake after yeah. the Raw Finals celebrating slash commiserating... I did Matildas actually see Adam on. Peacock uh, tweet this morning going, you know what, since it is Australia versus Japan, any chance of putting on a better time slot for both of the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not good for anyone, is it? No. Japan are rebuilding at the moment for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, but don't write them off. They're a good oh. side and they have, they have every chance of winning this game. It'll be close. That's right. All right. Um, we're going to stick with women's football and mention that the W League preparations for season eleven get underway tonight yep. with games against West with a game against Western Pride. Yep. There are weekly games from now until August against Pride, Moreton Bay, Olympic City Strikers, and Logan. Yep. I think they're playing each of those teams twice down at their respective home grounds. Cool. So it's like the old Royal Road Show, except it's for the W League side this time around. I like the Royal Road Show. It's so. good. They should bring that back if they're listening. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like just that. A, just a little subtle push. Yeah. Good chance to see some of the uh, younger faces in pre-season yeah. getting out there and having a run around. So, uh, actually, probably the other thing we should also mention: don't read too much into the results from these games. It is pre-season. Yes, and it's probably going to be a lot of the players you see every week in the MP- NTC side. So, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. a lot of the rural squads overseas, if the Matildas are playing in America, so yep. keep yeah. that in mind. All right, uh, going to go back to the A League now. Talk about a couple of things, couple of topics for debate, which came up as of late. A better final system. So, we've, we mentioned this at the end of C- segment one, so we'll just cu- touch on it again briefly. Adam, what would you have? Look, uh, well, I wouldn't have this current system in. I think it's um, quite quite ridiculous, to be honest. Look, for, for me, I would have... Um, I'd have it as top four, yep. 1v4, 2v3, two over two legs, and then a final, and I know we had a bit of discussion about this, Scotty, yeah. about I, I was saying that it should have a predetermined finals venue. So whoever, whoever you know, bids, whichever government bids for it or whatever, they get the final. Now, so Sydney, Perth. basically. Well, yeah, but look, it might be Perth. You know, the WA government might want this to have the game. This is the FFA. Office. They're not taking a final. Oh, look, Perth. yeah, look, that's, that's what I mean. I just think more from a commercial aspect, but you know, to your, as you sort of very... Yeah. Yeah, you said, well, it should go... Yeah, no, I go absolutely agree with you about the finals, 1v4, 2v3 mm. over two legs, and then those two teams meet in the final at the home of the highest placed team. Yeah. Would be I, my way I feel... It. I like the... Like, we've just, t- just yeah. had that story about the AFL yeah. grand final being locked into the MCG for the next 40-odd years. 2057. Yep. Yeah. And, look, that works for the AFL. They've got that history yeah. at the MCG. I like the fact that 
every team comes into the season thinking, you know what? If everything goes well for us, well, except for Wellington, because yeah. nothing goes well for them. <laughs> but, you know, the nine Australian clubs, everything goes well for them. They think we could be hosting the final game of the we season with a chance. We don't have an Australian football home where you could play these games like a Wembley or an MCG in the AFL or anything. Yeah. don't have that. And the reason why I like 1v4v2v3 v v in the finals as opposed to the original system, I think the idea of preliminary final that weekend, it just it didn't work for football. Having that winner of the top two versus winner of the bottom two, it just didn't really work in terms of getting attention from people. So I think yeah. if you have 1v4 and 2v3 and you straight into a grand final, you keep so, that And you've still going. got the same number of games as what you've exactly. got in this. Exactly, and it allows, it allows both. So if... if I know the Raw wouldn't be involved because obviously finished sixth, but yeah. you, you think about that, you'd have you know S- Sydney v Victory, so a big blue over two legs, yeah. and also Newcastle v Melbourne City. And like I said, the, the, the fans of those clubs would be more engaged to go and actually, you know, you have the first leg or second leg. I don't know how you do decide who gets first or second leg. You, know. you let the higher-seeded yeah. team pick which... What they re- prefer. Yeah. yeah, That's what they used to do in the thing, because Adelaide preferred... When, mm. I think John Cosmina actually did it. He preferred... The home leg first. Yep, take care of business. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just worry that you know, again, we might be pandering to the non, the non sort of you know football following fans by having this you know knockout straight oh. through. I look honestly, I think two Can legs. I just say one thing on that. Yeah. If you want Australian football traditions, it needs three things. It needs football traditions in Australia. Yep. You can't just get traditions from other countries and say that's ours now. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be something. And a combination of the three, anyway. And the other, no, well, the other point also is, so if you look back at the top four, race for the top four, so this year, Adelaide obviously couldn't have changed the setup of the top four, like, with their result in the weekend. determined by the last round. Last year, Melbourne City and Perth Glory both finished on 39 points, so that would have gone down to the wire. The year before that, uh, City and Perth finished one point apart. And the year before that, because that's all that's available on the A-League website, and that's all I really thought to look, <laughs> Wellington were actually in fourth place by 11 points over Melbourne City. So, yeah. you know, it's... Just because something occurs one year where the race for X position... Yeah, doesn't mean it's going to yeah. happen every time. No. Yeah, because we also saw on the counterpoint where if Australia had promotion and relegation, Central Coast and Wellington would have been a fantastic thing. That's all and good. Only if you have two teams going down. Yeah. Oh, one and then a play. Well, if you have one team going down, I mean, because yeah. like you're not going to be relegating two or three teams every year. Not, not at the moment, that's for sure. But, but there's like, always you, a thought about you. You, you relegate, like, say for them, there was a second division. You relegate the bottom team, so. but ninth plays the second in because the winner of them switches. Yeah, there's always that 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 quote playoff idea. Yeah. Well, using the well. NPL setup, it would have essentially been you know uh, Heidelberg coming up and Brisbane Strikers. Um, playing top, off yeah, against look, Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Right, look, that's that's a topic for another day about yeah. all of that. But mm. I I wouldn't be using the oh this would have been really good this season because it changes so much yeah. here and there. Now there was uh, another topic about simultaneous round twenty seven, which has also come up, yes. sort of in line with the better final this has system. Been said a few times now actually, because remember the W League a couple of weeks ago when. The Raw and Sydney were still fighting for the Premier's plate on that last day. If those had kicked off at the same time, it would have been unbelievable. And for me, if you just... I think that's something you can bring in immediately. Just bring that back. Yes. There's no reason why you couldn't sell that as great TV for Fox as well. Five games at the same time. The drama of the last day, like the Premier League, you could market it like that. They could cover it like they do the FFA Cup. It would work perfectly. And I'm trying to... Again, going back over the last four seasons... 
I can't think of a race that, like, well, they would have had something to market in each of those years. I remember last year it would have been the race for fifth and sixth or something and yeah. home finals and whatnot. The year before that, that was that weekend where four teams could have won the Premier's play, yeah. where obviously the rule were held to that draw in Melbourne. But yeah. uh, you had that, and then... Again, quickly. The year before, I think Victory and Sydney were fighting for the Premiership on the last weekend as well, so you would have had that. 14, 15. Yeah. Yes, you, uh, they actually were. Yeah. So that would have worked out quite interestingly as well. Yeah, so all things being considered, it's actually not a bad yeah. outcome. I and know Fox like to say we can show every game live on TV every week, but this would actually be something. They, what they're looking for at the moment, Fox, I think, things to grow interest in the league. I think this would... This yes. would do it quickly. And also, so I wrote a story for Daily Football Show two years ago at the end of that season where the Raw uh, drew nil-nil with the victory. And actually was thinking, that like, it could work from a practical perspective. Now, this was, of course, when SBS had the broadcast right. So yeah. if you check our social media pages, you can actually read, read it in yeah. detail. Basically, I was saying... You've got to pick a time where you're not going to have too much competition. So that essentially, for me, rules out Friday and Saturday night. I think you'd say we will want Friday 5 p.m. Would be I what... can't the only see... problem with that is, of course, it's the um, whole travelling fans problem. Yes. But I... if you try and go Saturday night prime time, it's... It's not going it's... to work. Yeah. My suggestion was actually Sunday at 4 p.m. East okay. Coast time. Because okay. then you can have a game in Wellington. That kicks off at 6 p.m. You can have a game in Perth, which kicks off at 1 or 2 p.m.? 2 p.m. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So you set that up, and oh, I don't even mean, you don't have to do that. Really, you could have two games. If, well, as well, long as it's all... five different venues, it's fine. It doesn't have to. It can be two in Sydney, and Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide. If you want, it doesn't matter. I know, but oh, I just mean like in terms of you've got the option to have yeah. to give every team a home game in round twenty-seven. You're not saying yeah. oh Perth always have to play on the road in round twenty-seven yeah. or something like that. And in terms of broadcasting, you might have to give an exclusive game to one HD. But you know what? Is that, is that really a... Yeah. yeah. And depending on the number of other things going on, at most you're going to have two AFL matches and one NRL match to cover, maybe an F1 race. Fox Sports has the channels to handle it, even if you have yeah. to put, say, uh, I don't know, Newcastle versus Central Coast on Fox Sports News. Yeah. I haven't seen the red button for a while. Yeah. Or you could literally That's... just do the whole FFA Cup coverage style thing as well. Yeah, that's it. Like, if there are games that don't actually mean a whole lot, just have a camera there and say, oh, by the way, we've got a goal from this. Yeah. Uh, look, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So, like, yeah. comment on this post, send us an email, let us know what you think about Round 27 simultaneous and, of course, other final systems that you might be interested in seeing. A quick breakdown of attendances per time slot. That came out on Twitter at the moment. Yes. Full, uh, at Footy Industry. At Footy they Industry. Keep an eye on a lot of crowds at all different Australian It sports. is actually a very good account to follow. So the most popular time slots were Friday night, that averaged 11,279. Mm-hmm. Saturday, 6pm onwards. Saturday prime time, yeah. Yep, 12,453. Well, no surprise, because they put a yeah. lot of the good games there. And, of course, Monday night... That's three games, though. Yeah. So that, uh, and one of them's the, the traditional Melbourne Cup, which they get... Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think, it, shock horror, it's Friday night, Saturday night are the key times people like to go and watch sport. Yes. So, and also Saturday night, they've obviously been putting their best games yeah. on there to try and draw in that audience on one. And yeah, I think I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but I'd be interested to see how that Sunday afternoon match would. Yeah, I'm sure. With... If, I'm sure if I had a 4 p.m. kickoff regularly with some decent games yeah. on Sunday, you could 
could do that. That's right. Okay, um, moving on to the next story, we've got the broadcast future with Channel 10 losing Big Bash League rights. Mm-hmm. Now, that, the only reason that really impacts the A-League is because obviously the Big, ba- Big Bash was six weeks of competition on Channel 10 for airtime, and with Channel 10 essentially looking for content now, could you see the A-League making a push through to um, the main channel now off one? Look, if FFA was smart, you'd think they'd be knocking on their knocking on their door, but um, unfortunately our governing body is anything but that yeah. at the moment. Well, so, look, you'd hope it's an opportunity, but I have a feeling that it might, it might be a lost opportunity because yeah. I think by the time FFA actually do revisit that, I think, you know, 10... Yeah, you know, ten well, may have found something else. Ten have got the right, or ten slash one do have the freedom of rights for next season as well. Yep. But at that point, it could you could certainly look to push them. But it'll be interesting to see what they do because do they try and do they take a, a gamble or something like the A League regularly on Channel Ten, or do they just wait for one of these other sports? Or do to they pop pl- up replay Die Hard? That, or do they just wait for one of these other? big winter football codes to pop up next time and go hard after that. But I don't think any of the big, like the winter codes are up for grabs for the next few years anyway. No, but you might, they might be prepared to wait for them is my point. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking for next season, again, I'm coming at yeah. it from a football fan perspective, but what oh, have you... 10 got to lose by putting it on the main channel? The, the only thing is, is that they've got to be careful of is something like NBL or um, what's some of the other competition that's on at the moment. Rugby Union? Prof, you know, yeah. I suppose that later in the yeah. so for later in the year, but I'm, I'm talking about that, that, that um, crater that BBL have left, like over yeah. that Christmas, you know, New Year school holiday period. You, you may, and maybe this is maybe the FFA need to start thinking. Okay, do we put on? They have the whole you know forty games and forty summer nights sort of thing. Yeah. You know, do they schedule it? You know, to where you know it's you know four ten. Yeah. So, but I look, I don't think they're that creative to be honest. I think they're locked in and and Fox Sports. Much I do think Ten that. might try it with a derby or two here and there just to test the water, but Could, I don't think you'll see him every week doing that. I would actually love to hear, like, get confirmation on this, but I feel like there was actually a clause in there at one point. Remember hearing or reading that there was a clause in there saying, at some point, Channel Ten does have the right to move games to the main channel. Hmm. So you never know. All right, we'll keep moving because this is actually we're running quite long. We've got a special treat coming up for you. Mm-hmm. Stadiums Queensland now in they're the after the pump finally yeah under the in the aftermath of the Commonwealth Games we're actually hearing the Gold Coast Suns and Gold Coast Titans and whatnot saying oh my God we're getting ripped off which to me is a line that we've been hearing from the Roar and yeah, whatnot for queue. years yeah so something like I'm kind of hoping this sort of backlash not just from football because look as much as we all agree it is you know the best game they don't have the bargaining power that. No the bigger leagues do. No, having the NRL to the Gold Coast Titans involved in this up here is huge because obviously rugby league is the biggest sport in Queensland and if and if the, there's there's one of two teams down here who's not happy, they're going that's going to have some cut through. I know or, the Broncos get good crowds anyway, but, but even they're not happy with that. They're their not idea. exactly the light. Look, I even think even even the Suns um having having a um sort of yeah, not being happy at Metricon. They've actually got management state they've got stadium management rights. So if they're not happy with the deal again, then they have probably more control than any other club, you know, in southeast Queensland as far as what they do with their stadia. Uh, that that speaks volumes. But yeah. um look we we've said it for a long time that we're like we can see that you know, this whole stadium's Queensland sort of thing it's a big rot and all that. Yeah. And look I think finally there's some action going on but it's also yeah. Yeah. It, 
it's going. Yeah, so it's, it's a very interesting. The tide's starting to turn, happen. and that I suppose is something that we can be very, I suppose, excited about. Is the fact that particularly at this time, given there's talk of a second stadium in Brisbane, perhaps potentially at Ballymore or somewhere else, and well, the Queensland government is yeah. committing thirty million to turn Ballymore into the national HQ for women's yes. rugby. So, so pure opportunities on that. Oh, yeah, it is, but, could, yeah, could, but that's where also you would expect football to show a little bit of that opportunity yeah. as well, and yeah. say, all right, let's get in on that. Yeah, oh, look, that's uh, my my look. It, it's great. Um, look, the um, women's rugby obviously, you know, probably deserves that. I just yeah. think yeah, the time you know, is just so manically transparent. That, you know that you know to, to to piggyback off that, it just seems like that. Are you premier... saying they're trying to disguise the fact that New Zealand won the gold medal, Adam? Mm, perhaps you were there. <laughs> I was there. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but look, it's just it's just what annoys me as a citizen more than anything else is that Premier Palaszczuk seems to use these big moments to announce a stadium deal or something like that and you know it's it's like you know what any other time I could live with it but it's just this pure opportunism and and, and it's almost like to sort of distract from the, the real problem that is that Brisbane needs a second boutique stadium because we don't know what this 30 million is going to be for either at Ballymore whether it's it sounds like it's going to be more training and high-performance stuff for like, the rugby, like, but... A bit like the netball one. Look, I yeah. don't have a problem with those, those sports actually getting that's not That's not the issue. It's the issue with the government being so selective and seems to be pandering almost to certain to certain codes. No, that's what I've got an issue with. So I was like, well done, you know. Yeah. Um, All right, so Adam, we're going to give you the last word on that. <laughs> there, just because I'm looking at the timing now, and we're going to have to get to our special treat right oh. now. So yesterday, I had... You know, the pleasure of going on to our Melbourne City colleagues, Talking City. And because they have the ability to do phone interviews, we're going to take a break and then come back with that interview there. So everyone enjoy a segment of Talking City and we'll be back in a little bit to discuss this weekend's final uh, for the Brisbane Roar. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Talking City. We'll be back after this. All right, guys, and we are back. As we said before the break there, we do have another very special guest this week to preview the big elimination final on Friday at Amy. We do have James Coglin from the Brisbane Football Review. Mate, how are you going? Good, guys. Looking forward to Friday night. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, A little bit... uh... The nerves are starting to creep in. Uh, it is obviously a very important game, the big elimination final. Uh, how are things from your end? Uh, how, how are your, would it be fair to say your fans are feeling confident or are you a bit uh, trepidatious about this occasion? I think the feeling I've gotten so far is the Raw probably playing a little bit with house money now because they had such a poor start to the season and they've come good as of late. But now anything beyond this is a little bit of a bonus, all things considered. Yeah, that's that's probably a pretty fair point. I mean, uh, if you sort of wind back the clock to a, about six or seven weeks ago, you guys probably weren't really feeling like your chances of, of getting into the finals were, were that good. I would say it's probably fair to, to comment. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were talking about it on our show two months ago, saying they basically needed to get 20 points from their last 10 games uh, after the ACL debacle. And what do you know? They've actually managed to get just enough to squeak in and... Honestly, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun now. 
So um, looking at your coach, man, uh, John Aloisi, he's obviously not one of the most popular blokes around our uh, side of town, but he has seemed to got the job done for you working with what would be a bit of a difficult financial situation. I mean, you had Enrique come in, he said he wasn't going to sign, and now he's signing, he's doing all right for you. How do you think he's going as far as a coach for you with getting these plays to kind of work? And uh, yeah, just coming into the finals with a pretty experienced squad, how do you think you're going to fare under John? John is obviously been under a little bit of pressure. He wasn't the most popular hire when he came in two years ago, in large part because of his tenure down in Melbourne. But what I'm starting to see is he's got the guys that he trusts now in the team, going from you know the likes of Brett Holman, Enrique, and Massimo Macaroni. So he's asking the veterans to uh, get by on their experience now. Yeah, no, that's a def- definitely a fair call, I think. Um, how, how do you reckon they're going with their age as such? I mean, it's, it was talked a bit on DFS about the players being a little bit old. We like to refer to them as uh, Dad's Army down here. Um, but uh, we're a bit worried about their experience coming into finals, obviously, with the likes of Brett Holman and uh, and uh, Matt Mackay. So you've got a bit of experience there. Do you think that could help you out? Well, you'd have to hope so. I mean, you look at some of those guys. You've got Mackay, you've got Jake North, who will be out injured, actually, but you got Enrique and a whole bunch of players that do have a lot of experience in the A-League finals and coming through in the big moments. Yeah, and you've also got a number of guys, I guess it's fair to say, when you talk about those um, big uh, big moments and experience, a number of guys who are of that age group from overseas that have experienced, you know, cup competitions. I think Massimo Macarone won a couple of domestic cups at Middlesbrough. I think he might have won the League Cup when he was there. Um, you know, there are, and I think when it comes to a knockout system, having those guys with with older heads, you know, we we've jugged all season a bit about Dad's army, but when you've got that experience in those do or die situations, it probably helps a little bit. Definitely. And talking of Macaroni, like the big surprise for me is the fact that he's played in all twenty seven games this year. I thought he was going to have to sit for a couple of weeks here and there just to get him through to this point of the year, but he, he's managed to make it through. And I'll be honest, I was. Very impressed with his setup for Enrique's second goal Saturday mm. night against Perth, where he might not always run for 90 minutes, but when he does get involved and he's firing, he's a real danger. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, another bloke who's been in pretty good form for you guys this season is um, Brett Holman. Um, came off pretty, came off pretty early with a. I'm not sure what injury it was, but obviously being a, a bit of a blessing in disguise with um, how Enrique came on and, and changed the game. But um, what's, have you heard anything about his chances of playing this week? And what do you think your chances are with him out of the side um, for a chance of a win? Well, Aloisi had a press conference this morning saying that it wasn't as bad as they first feared. So they're hopeful that he's going to be able to get into the lineup and play on, on uh, Friday night, which I would really, I feel like that would really boost the Raw's chances because it then also means you're saving Enrique for that super sub role that he's done so well for. God knows how many years with the Raw. Yeah, yeah Enrique, is, he has really impressed me, actually, since he's come back. I guess uh, one question that's uh, in, in these sorts of games our fans are probably always going to be a little bit curious about is if you were sort of warning us in advance about where you think the Brisbane Raw could win this game and where you guys post the biggest threat, what, what would you say that is? I would say it's in the way that they've been able to move, from, move away from that Ange Postecoglou uh, belief system of you know possession-based attack and really go to try and hit teams on the break. They've done a really good job building wins away from home by sitting back and trying to hit them on the counter. So I suppose it would just be make sure that if the rule break, they don't get too many uh, good chances on goal. 
Absolutely. So uh, one question is about our team we'll pose to you is what do you think our biggest threat going forward is? Obviously, we've got Fornaroli as well, but what do you think our biggest threat as a, as a team is coming towards you guys? I feel like it's actually going to be the former role player, Luke Bratton, who will probably you know, have the job of trying to break up those quick, uh, quick-fire counter-attacks. And, of course, as we all know, he can fire in a fair few shots from distance, so he could be in for either a spectacular Jamie Young save or a goal of the week. Yeah, he has been quite good at those ones, Jamie Young, all season. He's actually been one of the more interesting keepers to watch, I find. He's either doing something brilliant or rolling the ball through his legs back towards his own goal, so... He's always a good laugh <laughs> yeah. to watch. He's, he's very talented, though, and I think he, he puts you guys in with a good chance. Um, Best keeper in the league at the moment, yeah, I think. He is, yeah. No, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, just a question about your team's chances as well. Let's just say, hypothetically, hopefully we don't, we don't see this happening, but if you do get <laughs> up above Melbourne City, how do you see your team going against maybe Newcastle and going forward? Do you see this is kind of the end of the road, or how are you as a fan seeing, seeing the raw stoke for their finals chances? I think uh, they were, if they win, they have to play City, uh, Sydney. I mean, because they were true. yeah, the lower <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, but um, yeah. but that'll but honestly, if they go to Sydney, then they can at least sort of operate with that whole underdog mentality of everyone's going to expect Sydney to romp to the title. So any disruption you can cause for them will be great. And look, we've seen some classic Raw versus Graham Arnold finals matches, but. First things first, let's just see how Friday night goes because I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I don't think either team should really be looking too far ahead at this point because anything can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, look, as far as your season overall, I guess if we sort of take a broader look, uh, moving away from that final for a second, uh, we spoke a bit at the start of the interview about how you know things looked a little bit grim. Uh, a couple of months ago, and since then, you guys have pretty much been the form team in the comp. I think four wins, a draw, and a loss. How would how is the feeling amongst the fan base about your season as a whole, from the expectations at the start to where you guys have now not finished? Because obviously, there's a final to play. But as far as home and away finished, personally, I honestly felt like the Raw were the biggest underachievers in the competition based on the squad that they had at the start of the season. Now, obviously, it's been a few things out of their hands, such as the injury bug that uh, seemed to bite from front to back and all that. And the fan base actually hasn't really bought into the team this year. I think in part because they've had to go so defensive and counter-attacking, but it seems like everyone's kind of ready for this season just to end, which I'm not entirely happy with, to be honest. I'd much rather see them buying in going, well, it's, you know, all a bit of fun from here on out. Yeah, no, that's that sounds like a good um, a good, a good assessment. I think Raw, bang on. I think they they've been the underachievers of the league. So um, yeah, that's a very fair point. Who do you reckon is going to be your biggest threat going forward towards us us team? What what do you us team our team? Um, who do you think is going to be your key players for the the fixture? Uh, for Melbourne City. Uh, no, for Brisbane Raw. Uh, Brisbane Raw, it's going to be probably the two wingers, uh, Eric Borziak and Sahi Ben Kalfour. They're the playmakers. And they were brought in for these types of games. Borziak has been absolutely top quality from what we've seen. He's all over the place and not afraid to get involved in a tackle, taking on Diego Castro. And I honestly feel like I honestly feel like Borziak is going to, you know, be able to produce a moment of magic if it's needed. Yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. I'm a big fan of uh, Bortiak on FIFA. He sits nicely in my A League <laughs> Ultimate Team. So, um, yeah, no, he's a good one. So just. just... Just sort of quickly to touch on the point before, I think um, 
I probably have a slightly different opinion to what you how you guys rated the Brisbane squad at the start of the year, and maybe it's a bit interesting to to get your reaction, James, because at the start of the year, look, I looked at that team and I, I was sort of the opposite. I didn't really think you guys were going to pull up many trees, and I think. A lot of my criticism was aimed at the age of the group. I think, uh, once again, it's been done to death. Oh, they're all over the age of 38. You know, why would Aloisi recruit someone who's 35, etc.? You know, all the jokes have been flying around all year. For someone like me who looked at that team and thought, nah, they're too old. Physically, they're not going to be able to do it in this league. What would your response at the time had have been? Because I think that you are obviously looking at it with a lot more optimism. Well, I would say that was probably... If you're going to be taking the negative view, that's the exact right way to approach it because look, they were old and obviously playing in the Australian summer in Brisbane where it's not exactly cool throughout, well, nine months of the year, it is going to be a, it was potentially going to be a real struggle for them, but they've handled it quite well. It's just I, I've been operating under the theory this whole year of they've got a whole bunch of good young talent coming through in the uh, NPL and National Youth League like Ramadan Bari and whatnot, but they weren't ready for A-League action, so they've brought in a whole bunch of guys on one-year contracts, and it, this was a bit of a bridge season. Mm. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. And, uh, look, before we start to go looking at the, the scores and scores before we wrap it up, um, old mate Corey Gamero, who uh, I think, for, for a number of City fans, except Angus Hall, because I know he's listening, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a fond character, one that uh, we remember quite well, despite him barely getting on the pitch for us. How, how's he going up there for you guys? I mean, I, I watch a few Brisbane games. I don't I don't mind you guys. There's normally a few goals in your game. So as far as entertainment, I don't mind uh, switching on. And I've seen he sort of seems to come on for 10 to 15 minutes at the end of games. How do you feel he's gone? Well, it's been good seeing him able to get back on the field. I think he's got back with a regular involvement in early December. And since then, he's you know picked up a few more minutes here and there coming on as they're trying to chase games or kill them off. But it's just been an exercise in frustration also because everybody's backing the story of Corey Romero returning from so many serious injuries mm. and he just hasn't been able to get that first goal to you know open the floodgates, at least what we're hoping for. Yeah, well, hopefully, I don't know whether he's available or not, but hopefully it's not on Friday. Cause, uh, <laughs> no, we wish him the best, but not that. Knowing our luck, though, you, you know, there's every chance, but... Anyway, I'll tell you what, before we, uh, before we let you go, mate, we'll go to, traditionally with our games, we do a scores and scorers segment, which I'm pretty sure is pretty universal amongst most of podcasts. So we're going to go around our table of, uh, of panellists and pick a, a score and who's going to score, and then we'll cross to you and see what you think the result will be. I'm sure it'll probably be different to our choices. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go f- Yeah, I'll go first. I reckon, I think it's going to be a relatively hard-fought game. So I'm going to go 2-1 to us. I think we'll get through, but it's, I don't think it's going to be easy. Massimo uh, Macaroni will score for Brisbane, I think. Um, especially if... Look, my concern, my biggest fear is if Jakobsen doesn't play. Uh, as much as we love Malik on this podcast, I think he's not pos- positionally he's a bit uh, susceptible to turning off. Yeah. And one thing you can say about Brisbane's front three or four is that they, you know, that experience, they find space well. You know, players like Massimo and Enrique, they, they find space well and they, you know, open up opportunities to shoot. So I think he'll score for them, but I think that uh, Bruno and Arzani will get one each for us and we'll get through. Harrison? Interesting. I'm going to go with a 2 all draw uh, oh, to start no. off with and then us to take it in extra time. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it either. Um, I, think, I think Enrique is going to slip one early and then I think we're going to come back going front and then I think Macarone is going to slot one uh, at the death to, to pull it level and then Bruno's going to put it away to win. Oh, so. my God. What 
What about you, Renny? Yeah, well, I haven't spoken to this, spoken to you boys about this yet, but as it, as we all know, I'm the proverbial jinx. <laughs> I've given myself a uh, finals ban of any predictions, so I'm keeping my mouth shut. Okay. Oh, Renny, interesting. Okay. <laughs> all right, so James, what do you think, mate? I think the rules tend to play close final stands no matter where it is and who it's against. So I'm going to say it'll be a one-goal game. City are going to go up early through Bruno Fornaroli. He's going to take advantage of the Raw's makeshift defence and centre-back pairing of Jacob Pepper and Conor O'Toole. City are going to get a second one early in the second half. I'll say Daniel Arzani just to get in with the cool crowd on the internet. (laughs) And then Enrico's going to to pull one back on about 75 minutes and they're going to fall just a little bit short. So City 2-1 in 90 minutes for me. Nice. That's a nice little review. Yeah, it was. It was very detailed. They're all very good games either way they go. I know know what he's trying to do. He's trying to do the counter jinx and it's not going to work, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you have actually listened to our show the last month and a half then. First thing is in full effect. Oh, there you go, see? No, I know how the jinx works, man. I'm a professional. He is. Like, he, he, he jinxed us last year after the FFA Cup final. It's all his fault. Yes. So, uh, yeah, well, there we go. So, thanks for coming on today, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, are you going to be making the journey down for the game? or? I wish I've actually got an engagement party to go to this weekend oh, instead. Oh. So, not allowed to fly down, unfortunately. The wife won't let me. Uh, very inconsiderate booking of, of such events. People should be checking the potential... Finals calendar when they when they do things like that it's not fair. That's oh, well. what I said. Oh, exactly. <laughs> See, great minds think alike. But yeah, thanks again for coming on, mate. And uh, I would say best of luck for the game, but I would be lying. But look, uh, hopefully it's an absolute cracker. Yeah, hopefully that uh, we're all able to just sit down and catch our breath at the end of it because I have a feeling it's going to be a good game. Oh, I think yeah. so too. We can all hope for that. All right. Well, hopefully we'll speak to you again next season, that. mate. No worries at all. It's good to have you on again because this is the second time now. Yes, I think it was on your second or third episode, actually. Yeah, pretty sure it was. So uh, you're basically a regular at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Bye. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's our mega final special, yes. and we hope you enjoyed that uh, segment from Talking City. One of our colleagues in the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Back with James Scott and Adam now. And guys, what did you think of that? Yeah, it was good. Very yeah. good. My second time on that show. Well, it's good. This is, well, it is yes. Melbourne City. It's going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, I should say thanks to the guys down there for having me on, and yeah, I'll have to do it again next season, I think. All right, so let's get on to the Brisbane perspective and talk about the finals preview. But before we do that, let's do some plugs. Adam? Oh, it's, a, it's my turn. <laughs> yes. All righty, you can find us at Twitter on at Raw Review, uh, Facebook on Raw Review, uh, Podcasts, Wooshka and iTunes, and you can send us an email, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Yep, so send us any questions you want us to talk about in the show, uh, iTunes reviews and whatnot. Also, with the season wrapping up, if you, if you want to send through some general thoughts on the season as a whole. Yes, we well. might be putting out a call for that at some point yep. soon too. But yeah, anything you want to get in contact with us about, like... Uh, discussion points we'll happily bring that along so we can talk about yeah, the we, rules we, fi- we fish for content soon so yeah. oh yeah <laughs> don't we always anyway the Raw playing Melbourne City in an elimination final third versus sixth uh, 7.50pm Saturday uh, Friday, night Friday night at Amy Park now I believe the three of us will actually be watching this at the Pig and Whistle Riverside with we the Raw Sporters be- Federation and the Dan yes and we're quite looking forward to that 
every good, raw good game away, your way from home trip. Yeah, exactly. Well, the flight down to Melbourne was a little bit impractical, yeah. finishing work at five o'clock. So, <laughs> I think we'll just, I think we'll take the uh, happy second yes. place option for that. Set off for it this week. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, all-time record versus City. Played twenty-four, won nine, lost ten, drawn five. So fairly even there. Yeah. In Melbourne, though, not great. Played eleven, won one, lost seven, drawn three. And that win was the first time they played City in Melbourne. So what so. you're saying is they're due. <laughs> yeah, well, they did just break their drought last time in Melbourne, so you never know what's going to happen. Yes, that's right. So this season against City, there was the Bruce Kamau double in round one. Yep. Then there was the 3-1 Avram Papadopoulos double. Yes, in... with Bochak scoring the other goal. And there was the incredibly frustrating 2-1 loss, which I believe was the Macarone penalty I call it, I call it the um, doubleheader where the Raw won the W League Premiership day. Well, That's all I remember about yeah. that day is I don't remember anything about this last I remember time. it was the day before the Super Bowl, so I was in a very <laughs> bad mood about 24 yeah. hours I after the end of that and, game. try and go back and watch this round 19 game if I can get a chance, because I don't remember a thing about it. From, from I, memory... I was in Dubai, so... From memory, it was a, one of those games that you felt... You started to see signs that the Raw might be able to salvage something, and then, yeah, they obviously didn't get the result, and everyone was quite unhappy about that. Never. Yeah. <laughs> so the Raw away in finals, they've played 11, won four, drawn one, lost six. They are winless in their last four away from home, however. Yes. Let me see if I can remember, though. So obviously there was last year against Victory. Yes. Year before that against the Wanderers. Yes. Before that, it was against Western Sydney as well. Mm, there was an Adelaide loss. And then Adelaide. If, if, in, uh, no, Adelaide was 2015. Yes. 14 was the year they did the double with Mulvey, and 13 was the year they lost to the Wanderers at Wonderland. Correct. There we go. I'm yes. a little bit insane like yes. that. So you got to go back to the Mike Mulvey era, starting for the last Raw win away in finals. Which was actually in Adelaide. It was. I remember that. That was where I think Bratton, Franich, and a couple of other guys wound up leaving injured, and yeah. they had to take... Well, a- Broich was one of them as well, yeah. But I, from memory, Broich hobbled through the Wanderers game. Yeah, Broich played. I think Franich didn't play, and Hingit had to go... Yeah, you no, know, Hingit was out. Franich had to go back to the right back, and That's Halloran right. came in on yeah. the right wing. That's right. It was a very much what's left of the Raw squad for that yeah. game. All right, so, yeah, 0 for, 2, 0 for 2 in away finals under Aloisi. Not <laughs> the best record, but if you're looking for optimism, every streak has to come to an end, right? <laughs> He's good in elimination finals. Yeah, that's all. true. 2-0 in this yeah. round. Let's talk about changes to the side. So obviously, we mentioned Brett Holman will be a little bit uh, potentially limited 50-50. with this. 50-50. We'll have to wait and see how he goes tomorrow. I would start him, still. I'd say, you know what? Get out there. Run your butt off. Yeah. Give us 60-65 minutes and then unleash Henrique. Yes. With potentially the last 25 minutes impact and extra time after that if required. Yeah, because... I don't think Enrique can give you more than 60 good minutes here. I know you're jumping at the bit, Adam. Just give me a sec here. <laughs> I w- the other reason why I would keep Enrique for that super sub is we've seen he's got 60 minutes max in his legs, so don't bring him on until the second half because if this game does happen to go to extra time, Enrique's the sort of player that you really do need in that yeah. sort of situation and you want to keep on the field for a penalty shootout. I've got a slightly different take on that, and I actually think that we should start Holman and Enrique. I think, and you actually do the un- almost unthinkable and uh, put Macaroni on the bench. I think, I, I, th- I think that you know there might be a bit more mobility in that 
false nine. I think if you're trying to play in counter-attack and you're trying to, to pinch the game somewhat, they're going for that sort of that speedier sort of, you know, starting line might be the way to go. Yeah. Look, but I, I definitely think what I think will happen is the status quo with Alawitsi. Yeah. That, you know, obviously, it'll be Holman starting, Macaroni at, at number nine, and Henri yeah. K on the bench. To so. that point, though, the last time the Royal were in Melbourne, um, Macaroni and Holman combined beautifully on the counter-attack. So and that also, might actually work as well. If, From my perspective, if yes, we know Macaroni hasn't always been the, you know, producing what fans might have wanted from him. But in terms of playing on that counter-attack, you have him sitting up top, ready to launch that ball off to Bortiak, Ben Kalfala, Holman, or eventually Enrique. Mm-hmm. He's got that ability to play people through. We saw it in Perth where he fed Enrique in for that third goal. Yep. And I feel like that's something you're probably going to want to take advantage of. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, biggest concern about City? I was going to say quickly on defence, do you think anyone's going to come back? Because I don't think anyone's I, fit and available. I think the only potential thing would be Daniel Bowles. Then that was kind of what I was going to lead into yeah. with the City concerns, where yeah. you've got a very good striker in Bruno mm. Fornaroli. Yep. I'd say yeah. one of the few ones that are going to be, give a Finding bigger, form at the right yeah. time from their perspective. One of the few ones that's going to give a bigger, bigger test than Andy Keogh and Adam Taggart did. Yeah. I would be actually thinking... I'd be very nervous about Jacob Pepper and Conor O'Toole, who yeah. did very, very well yeah. in relief duty. Oh, look, I, I, I worry about that front three. for They fought a role leading the line, but Arzani and um, Vidisic as well, they they present a very, very big danger. And you want to hope that, you know, that back four, um, you know, if, if it is, if Bowles is not available, that back four, you know, O'Toole, O'Toole and Pepper in the middle, Franich and... Um, and Hingert, they really need to be on because, like yeah. I said, that is that is a you know, that yeah. that front three is, is scary. Yes. And just going back to the first game, you're absolutely right. That back, that patchwork back four did an unbelievable job. Yeah. Given, I don't think many people had too high expectations of what is still a utility midfield defender type playing next to a left back at playing in this middle as well. I think that did really well. I don't think those two would have trained much together at all. No. Um, um, working got, as they go. And also, Jacob yeah. Pepper would have been the senior centre-back in that pairing as well. Yeah. And look, you, again, we keep saying you've got to give Jacob Pepper credit for the yeah. way that he's reinvented himself mm, this yeah. year. And I actually think this is all, also where Conor O'Toole's youth came in handy because he's so young, he probably didn't really even think about this when he was out. He just came out and yeah. went on instinct. Yeah. But also as well, and we didn't we didn't touch on it in segment one, but also Jack Hingott had an absolute blinder on... Yeah. Um, on, on Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah. So look, and he he will need to reproduce. I I honestly think that when Jack Hingott's playing well, so are the raw. So he he he's you know probably more key than we thought. Yeah. Well, and also creating that sort of overlap where you've like him and Ben Kaufler on that right side is going to be very yeah. very interesting to see. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be. So I want to go into my final theory now. Okay. Uh-oh. So, in single elimination games, I haven't got the exact numbers because I haven't updated it for a couple of years, but I think the rule is if you score two goals in 90 minutes, you win something along the lines of like 85, 90% of the time. So, for me, like any final, single elimination finals game is a race to two goals. And Do you know how ridiculous that sounds right now? I was just thinking 5-4. <laughs> I know. That's why I the said they're all 2-0 up inside 20 minutes. How'd that work out? There's always an exception that proves exactly. the rule. Yeah. No, you're right. The 2 nil is also a very dangerous score as well. Just ask Graham Arnold. Yeah. Central Coast Mariners as well. Yeah, so... Then again, 3 nil is also kind of dangerous yeah. as well. <laughs> yes. I don't think you can take any lead for granted in finals. No, but 
like, if you look at the way cup football tends to be played, yeah. which this essentially is, yeah. that's where I kind of look at it and say, all right, that's what needs to happen. And yeah. Look, goals have been a bit of an issue for the Raw. If you look at their total, mm-hmm. they scored three goals in a game, I think, four times this year. That was it. I can't I, remember. Yeah, because I was actually going to bring out that point that what, what worries me about the Raw going into finals football is mm. a lack of killer instinct. Like, how many times in this run since January have, you know, you thought, you know what, we won, but it was never comfortable. Mm. And, yeah, and like I said, and, off, and, yeah. and it's the thing is that at some point, you know, if, you don't, if they don't put it away, put those chances away, yeah, it's going to come back to horn. Like, I, don't, I don't think I can recall a game this season where the Raw have been comfortable. The whole way through, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that, that maybe City three one may have been. Central I didn't, I didn't Coast on, a, or the weekend of Australia Day. That's the other one that sort of jumps out. Yeah, I, no, no. The, I, even even they were under under siege. Oh, the away game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I look. I can't think of a game this calendar year, at least since they've won that be on the streak. Um, you know, where they where they actually were comfortable. I, I, that really worries me. And that's the life of an um, inconsistent team. Yeah, but it, well, I just purely to play devil's advocate, because yeah. I think you're absolutely spot on there. At least they're battle-hardened. Yeah. They know, yeah, that is that's yeah. a fair point. Now, and, well, John Aloisi said, um, thinking back, they had, you know, they've got however many finals to just yeah. make it into the tournament. <laughs> they got enough points out of that. So, yeah, it's... <sighs> There's reason to be hopeful, if not confident. That's kind of the way yeah, I look yeah. into it. And again, oh, just the going... team is more than good enough to go down there and get a result in this game, given the quality. Yes, in the front third, there's more than enough there. Yes, uh, it's just if they turn up on the day or not, if they can find a bit of consistency now when they're going to need it, because the next loss will be the last one of the year. There's no coming back from yeah, now. Oh, look, it's, it, it is it is purely well sudden death for everyone, you know, yeah. and. and the way, and that's and that's the thing is that it's it's almost um, not scary, but it's it's funny to think that you know what three wins and <laughs> the Raw champions. That, that, that is, but that, that's for not just the Raw. That's for yeah. all these teams playing this weekend. Three yeah. wins and you're the champ. Yeah. Unless you're Sydney and Newcastle, in which case you only need well, that's two. Yeah. To finish first second. So. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to also quickly touch on something that I brought up on 24th of January, so the day after the Ceres Negros game. Yeah. So, as it turns out, the Raw made the finals on 35 points, which, hang on, just let me uh, bring up the photo I've got again. So, in seasons with 27 games, that is the, actually not, the. so last year the Wanderers qualified in sixth spot on 36 points. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they've been sort of in and around the spot you'd expect that uh, that sixth place team to be. So, yeah. Yeah, It's basically... Where you'd expect them to be. They've done really well to get to 35 points from where they were. Do you know where they were after that Ceres Negros game? Uh, they were 16 points with 10 games to go. So, yeah, so they picked up 19 points yeah. in 10 games. And I'm, I'm sure if we, if we go back and play... And we, we, play said 20, we actually said 20 points were needed from the final 10 games. Yeah. And we thought that's a big ask. But yeah. they delivered. Yeah. So, yeah. and, th- and that's the thing. Is at the end of the day, the form... If you're going to form... I know they had that uh, hiccup last week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, against uh, Western Sydney, but like I said, this is the second best yeah. team in the league. So maybe you know, hopeful is probably a good word to put it because I think, like, as we said, this is a team yeah. that's capable of doing it. How many it. teams have got nineteen points from the last ten games? I wouldn't be surprised. I can't if imagine a whole I lot. I could probably only imagine one. Sydney, and I don't even know if that would even, would be the case because they dropped a couple of games they did since drop January. Drop some points as yeah. well. Champions so, League. So look, we all it, it shouldn't necessarily 
mask some of the issues we saw earlier in the season, but I think it shows that things aren't as bad as perhaps some would love Look, to have to, believe. To be honest, it was never that bad. Let's be, let's be frank about it. You know, it's, and unfortunately, the expectation is a lot higher, you know, obviously in this sort of, in this space, but, you know. And look, I expected um, them to finish sec- I expected them to finish second this season because of the experience they had in the team. Now, obviously, I overestimated that a little bit, but what we've seen lately is that it might not be pretty, but it's getting the job done. Can I just jump back? You said Adamson wasn't that bad. I think it was more the injuries yeah, that absolutely yeah. ruined it, like everything. Said, no, so that was the problem, the injuries, and absolutely just ruined everything because they had but, no continuity on the field. It yeah. took them until February but really to get everyone words back and play like regularly. Culture and you know, continuity and all this other and style and, and, style and yeah, all this well, other crap. That's the thing so. is at the end of the day, you think we've got we've had a bad this season. You know what? How how do we feel being a Central Coast Mariners supporter right now? It could be so, a lot worse. Yeah. It could be a hell of a lot worse. So I think you could be an Arsenal awesome. fan. <laughs> hey, long-suffering Everton fan. Here. <laughs> All right. So the other game this weekend is on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. God knows why they've put it then. Really? 6 p.m.? That's yeah. what it says on the website. Whoa. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> That's where you they wonder why Victory fans are up in arms yeah. about that. I think there are also more expensive tickets than the City game I saw someone saying as well. Yeah, oh, of just course. Just ridiculous, but anyway. They're, so, just, they're just up across the board. Yeah. 40 bucks for a um, for a Waybay seat on Friday night. Mm. Yeah, so you've got, you've got a lot to, you know, yeah. uh, get up in arms about. Mm. So Expect Victory to win that game? Yes. So, okay, I did uh, sort of tease this in segment one. I just want to talk about my absolute chaos theory for the final. So, Brisbane upset Melbourne City. Melbourne victory beat Adelaide in week... uh, on Sunday. Brisbane go to Sydney and repeat their win from a month or so ago. And uh, victory go and beat Newcastle, who showed that maybe their 8-2 win was just because they were playing the Mariners. You then have a 4th versus 6th, Raw versus Melbourne victory grand final in Melbourne. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Very, very possible. But I actually, you know what, but I actually think um, there will be no Melbourne team, there could be no Melbourne teams left. I said could, because... Alright. Well... We're going to go into uh, predictions. I don't think both the top two teams will miss the grand final. I think at least one of them will be there. No, but... It, Unfortunately, if, yeah. James. The only, so, uh, How about Newcastle instead of Melbourne? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> so the one thing we should point out, if you're an NFL fan, they, this follows the same playoff system as that. It's six versus three, four versus five. Lowest ranked uh, winner plays Sydney. Highest ranked plays Newcastle. The winners of that yeah. go yep. to the grand so final. So Brisbane's only path here is to play Sydney SC next week. Yeah, There is no chance of them hosting a game for the rest yeah, of the no. season, unfortunately. So, we're going to go into predictions. As you heard in that Talking City segment, I've said that uh, Fornaroli's going to get a goal in the first half. I think I said Daniel Arzani's going to get one early in the second half. I would also say there's a good chance Vitisic might pull something out mm-hmm. as well. Either way, uh, City go up 2-0. Enrique pulls one back on about 75 minutes, and that's all she wrote. 2-1 to Melbourne City in 90 minutes. Scott, what's your prediction? I'm kind of weirdly confident about this. Oh, God. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so this, we'll then, go 90-minute prediction okay, to start so off with. 90, oh, I think it's going to be over in 90 minutes. Oh, good. So I'll say 1-0 to the Raw. <laughs> okay, wow. I don't know why. I'm just strangely... Maybe I'm just like completely calm about it because I don't expect the Raw to be here in the finals, but I think they do have the attacking talent to go to Melbourne and win. And we saw last year Perth did that. Perth they went with a high-powered attacking team, and they beat Melbourne City, who froze in the finals. Melbourne City have and got City have, a horrible City have record got in the finals. That, they've got that in their mentality at the moment. All the whole the whole time in the competition, where they can freeze in big moments at home. So I'll say 
that'll continue and the Roar will win 1-0. Thanks all right. to Brett Holman. Adam. One all after uh, after 90 minutes. Yep. Raw 2-1 after extra time. Okay, you're going for you're going all out on that, and Scott's saying that Holman's going to score. Yes. Okay, I'm mark, I'm, I'm marking yeah. all this down. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh look, look, I think simply look, you watch. He's not going to play now. I said that. <laughs> look, I I think simply that you know what, it could be counter attack football. It may be one opportunity. Yeah. Um, look, this is this is the whole thing about finals. Is that you know I know we bemoan you know finals football as such, but you know what, this is also. Yeah, this is also a, a chance. For, yeah, for, if it's a, if they have five good games in this final series, it's going to you know get a lot of goodwill going into the off season, yeah. at least on the pitch. Yeah. So uh, we'll go overall final series predictions. I'm going to still say Sydney are going to be raising the toilet seat in three weeks. What do you think, Scott? More than likely. Sydney. Yeah, but yeah. I think the graphic Sydney FC. I have to see them lose to believe it. Yeah. The only yeah. So the only other thing, like I kind of want to say, if not the raw. I kind of want Melbourne City to go on and win it for the simple fact that I am genuinely curious to see how they're going to go in the Asian Champions League next year. Well, they're in it now anyway, as long as no one below them wins well, it. So yeah, that's just it. That's for, just it for, for me, for me, um, if if we were looking for an alternate tip other than what we think, look, I'd love Newcastle. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that would be the ultimate, you know, underdog story. I think you know yeah. what Ernie Merrick yeah. and the, I guess the whole office, de- you know, front office down there has done. I think is, is known to remarkable. Will Ernie Merrick smile? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, only only if they raise raise the talk. Can I tell you what I don't want to see in the in the finals? Victory, Sydney and victory again. Oh. I've seen enough. Oh, I've no. seen yep. it enough. Yeah, we need a different matchup, please. Well, you know if yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Anyway, I'm about to uh, have a bit of an asthma attack here, so I think yeah. we're going to call up, call time on this massive massive mm. finals edition. I think we're pushing our longest episode ever by a very long way. So. If you've stuck with us for the whole show, thank you very much for your patience. We appreciate that. Big thanks to Talking City for the audio for segment four. Uh, it was a good interview with them. Scott, Adam, thank you. Yeah, see you again, James. Yeah. Adam, yeah. see you next good, week. Good luck to Matildas. On... Good yes. luck, Matildas. Good yeah. luck, Raw. Get out and enjoy some MPL on Saturday, regardless of Friday night's result, because there's a lot of good yeah. games to take in this weekend. So, yeah, there's a lot to enjoy. Uh, fingers crossed we'll be back next week to preview a semi-final against <laughs> Sydney FC. Take that... Take that what you will. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll talk to you then.